Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Back at base today. Oh, what an afternoon we had yesterday at Seapoint Golf Links for the Legends Golf and the main event, of course, kicking off today, tomorrow and Sunday. It was simply wonderful. Thanks to everybody at Seapoint who looked after us so well. It was a wonderful and memorable day. We met so many fantastic people, celebrities, golfers, etc. And just ordinary folk as well. It was tremendous. Anyway, back to basics today in the studios of LMFM Radio, but a lovely lineup for you this Friday. Let me tell you about my first guest. I've spoken to her a couple of times in the past in the show, and she's just one of those people who does your heart good. Because you see, her story is that back in late 2018, she was in debt. Her bills were mounting. She had no one to turn to for help. She was a new mum at the time. And really, she was facing the blank page. But by God, has she worked her way from that point to today. So much so that she's a newly published author and she's been invited to the prestigious Hinterland Festival in Kells this weekend, where she appears on Sunday. Santis O'Garro, hello. Oh, my God, Jerry! I thought, who's he talking about? <laughs> you built me up beautifully. <laughs> I'm talking about you, young woman. That's who I'm talking about. You are a remarkable story. And what about this published author and rubbing oh. shoulders with the great and good with Kells this weekend? Can you believe it? I um, I couldn't believe I was invited, number one, because I know like that's such a festival to be a part of. So I was just absolutely stunned but as well as that, I have a lot of people that follow me outside of Dublin mm. and I'm always getting given out of you never come and see us you don't care every event we see you doing it's always in Dublin well now there's no excuse for anybody now to be given out <laughs> no excuse and I just want to remind you she's in Kells Sunday 5 o'clock it's a lovely time at Eureka College there in Kells she's going to be interviewed and talking about her life and times and the new book especially but hey listen you mentioned uh, coming out to the sticks to chat you did say I remember in an interview I read some time ago that you'd love to move out of the city and get a little place with a bit of ground is that still an ambition that is that is not just an ambition that's my next like that's my next personal goal you know mm. is to move outside Dublin it's a little bit complicated because I'm in the middle of starting my own business and everything so yeah. I was like you know what it'll determine what I can get when I'm down there but I, I really want a homestead people are shocked and a lot of people I meet that are outside Dublin and you know they probably live remote they're like you won't be able for it I'm like I am a recluse I loved writing the book, you know. Mm. I'm that kind of person. Yeah, I show up and I'll smile and I'm bubbly because I like the interaction, but then I like to retreat. So that that is the goal for me. Um, I want to grow my own food. I want to live life really simply. I love gardening and my patio is pretty packed at the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> She needs more space. And I more. need more space. Yes. I need good frontage. I need everything. <laughs> well, there you are, a woman looking for frontage there. <laughs> it's, it's what an offer you're getting on late lunch boys this afternoon anyway I know you and knowing you this you will make this happen with time because look I what will. look what you've done look how you've turned around your life look at where you've come to to today isn't it just wonderful to reflect it you must be so proud yeah. yeah it just shows I've been saying this line the last few days I read it and it's only have to come getting into my brain you know Everybody in your life, we all need to have a giant. And I say a giant in the sense of David and Goliath. David was only a shepherd, mm. and he would only be a shepherd if there was no Goliath. And I feel it that way with my debt. And being in such a difficult position at that time, it was um, fight or flight. And honest to God, Jerry, I really feel that 
because I chose to fight and I had, you know, I just went for it and said, you know what, you can do this. And it was hard because nothing, nothing is easy that's worth having. But my mm. God, it's changed my whole life. Mm. And it's it's only getting better because now I'm a little bit more fearless with things I want. I'm like, well, if I did that, maybe I could do this, yes. you know? Yes. And I would say that for anybody who's in a dark part, a dark spot, and you feel like death is getting you down or, you know, you have money issues, don't run away from it. You're better than this. You probably don't even know how great you are and how good you are. Face it straight on, you know? Um, and that's really personal for me to say that. Don't run away from it like I did for so long, hiding from the post box, hiding from the postman, hiding from your emails, and then trying to, you know, relieve your stress through spending. Don't do that. You, you have it in you. You can change anything you want to. And I really believe that, Jerry. You are a living example of this. Face it head on, tackle it and deal with it and you can turn this round. I was just reminding myself about you and I and the conversations we had. And one of one of the things you say in this new book, the book, by the way, folks, is The Money Mentor Book by Santis O'Gara. It's just out and it really is a book that can help you if you need help with your financial matters. You went, you know, you talk about having no spend days. This is the thing I want to talk about for a moment. Yes. And yes. W- when you needed it, you went for what? 230, am I right? No spend yes. days in a year out of 365. I did, I did yes. It was, a, it was a needs, it was a needs more than just a want, you yeah. know. Yeah. It wasn't something that I just did, oh, you know. But it turned my life around. And what it's after doing is I don't get the dopamine kick that I did from spending. No, I could because it's always in me Mm. to be a spender. But now it's after giving me so much options. You know, we have this little jar and it's called I'm Bored. And it's back out for the summer, especially. And I'm adding new things to it all the time. I'm actually working on a blog to share with everybody. But um. It's a, you know, and it's a no spend jar. And sometimes it's, you know, when the kids come, I'm bored, mommy. And you might not have a load of cash there mm. to just go off and, and go and spend 50 euro. Because most places you go in before you even, you won't get change out of 50 euro. Yes. You know, and not everybody has it. Like it's a cost. We're in the middle of a cost to live in crisis, even though it's summer and it's bright. I really want people to be planning for the winter always as well. Mm. But some of it is, some, some, some of the notes then I'm bored in the board jar, you pick out a stick and it's a lollipop stick. And it might be, okay, you get two songs, Mammy gets two songs, Louie gets two songs, and we just have to put it on YouTube and dance around the place and be silly and get yourself up and, and moving. And it's, some, some of it is Mammy has to put her phone down because Mammy does work very hard. Yeah. And whatever you want to do, Mammy will do in the house or we could go for a walk or we could go and do something Yes, and it's making events out of the little things because that's what a no spend day is it's finding you know joy in the tedious sometimes yes. you know the yes. things that we take for granted try mm. and find a bit of joy in it and I had to do it well I guess on the other side as well I, I, I didn't spend money and that was a win for me as well because not spending money is something that is always going to be going against the grain of society you know so like everything is telling me i should buy this as a new event i need to buy this i need to do this no Mm. get your dopamine kick and the no spend days were such a oh they're brilliant i have to say Mm. but just start with one start with one in the week and i'll tell you it's something to do if you want to see how good they are is see track your spending for a week and just see how much you'd spend on a normal day a lot of people I deal with, they go, but I don't have anything big. I don't buy anything big. You know, I don't know where my money is going. And it's usually the little coffee or you're at the till and you buy the packet of crisps that are, you know, and you yeah. don't notice that every time you go to the till for milk, you're buying a packet of crisps or a few bars and that's three, four euro. And those just go, those are the small little expenses that just seep through. Or you have an app there that's just taking money out. If you're paying for something that you're not doing, then you're wasting your money, you mm. know. But the no spend days, you have a moment there and you have a day where you can pull back and look for the joy in simple things. You have a lot to be grateful for. And that's what that taught me. And that's from somebody who was very depressed going into that year. Mm. It's taught me how to literally pull joy out of my everyday life. And it's something right now when I get a bit down, it's what I lean into. I go, okay, you need to be getting a few 
no spend days. Yeah, good on you. Good on you. It's a great suggestion. And there are so many things in life that are free and you can get so much out of them. one of the times we talked, did, remind me again, was it a 10 or 20 euro you lived on for the week? Which was it? 10 euro oh. I lived on for. I did it again, Jerry. Oh. I was going to come I was gonna come looking for you oh, now. No. As I remember, you said you might have been up for now. I thought you'd forget. I thought you'd forget. I was going to come looking for you, but I actually thought and I said, no, nah, leave. I'll get him off the hook. Oh, you're too good. I love you even more. But Santa's 10 euro for a week. Yes. Oh, and, and it's not poverty porn or anything that I'm doing mm. it's given ideas and it's given me ideas if I'm going to help people all the time who are struggling I'm not looking for you know helping middle class I'm trying to help people that you know when there's a cost to live in or there's a little bit of a hike they're not just struggling or they're not just pinching their wallet they're on fire do you mm. know yes um, so I was like let's go 10 euro again and what it does is gives ideas to somebody who's on a really low budget or you know might be the last week of the month and you're going I have nothing here what am I going to do that was what it was and you know what it humbles you Mm. it humbles you but I made it through again I did be burnt out after doing them I made it through again and it just gave me a sense of gratitude at the end, but it just shows what could be done. And I had food at the end to build. So if I was building a pantry or building up my store cupboards, you can start for one person on that low and then you just build all the time. It's a really doable thing. If I had, if I didn't have kids now mm. and I had, like I had more, you know, more time because that was the only thing. Yes. I had to go back to focus on them because they weren't part of the challenge. No, <laughs> you know, course. I wouldn't dare do that, Jesus. Um, <laughs> God, they wouldn't do it anyway, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd be like, you, no, mommy, I'm not doing that. I like my pancakes. You'd be the subject of another book. You wouldn't be writing a book. I'm sure of that happened. Anyway, you know the way it works in Ireland and the world today. I'm telling you, um, that thrown at me. No, not at all. <laughs> but look, you did it. The other thing is this, you know, people listening to us then, we've been... Uh, at this on the show here for what months and probably a year and a half or more now the cost of the weekly shop and you cover this off I know in your book the, yeah, the Money I went Mentor into, book yeah, yeah I had a, have a whole chapter on food and I even had you know how to eat on a budget healthy I did it with this frugal food pyramid where it's like the food pyramid but you're buying according to what's healthy and what will actually go a little bit further so I did say, you know, only 10% of your groceries should be going on convenient food and, and the crisps and stuff like that. And that's really at the higher end. But most of it should be going on your fruit and veg. And you have the likes of, you know, the, the food waste and, you know, too good to go bags that really have a lot of fruit that's about to go off. And that's the most wasted when you look at sustainability as well. Yeah. Um, I know myself, like the apples are coming in and my granddad's, my old, my granddad's old next door neighbour. He's not my granddad's no longer with me. I'm like, hmm. I might go up there and get some apples off them still because they do be wasted. Yes. You know, don't be like we we don't want to waste. It's always a way of doing it. But the food, the the cost of living, and the food prices, and your your food, your spent your food cost. You can really go low, and I'm and the ten year challenge was proof of that. Mm. And it was making me look and going, I can do Olio, which is an app for free where people, I have too much pasta in my house, I'll give that out instead of seeing that go to waste. There's always a community there to help. And that's what my focus is as well. Yeah. Building a community with the people that you know. You know, you have to go in and buy a big bulk bag of rice and save money. Sometimes I do that with my brother and my sister-in-law and my mom. And it's cost me less, but I'm also getting a really good bag of rice, not just anything, you mm, know. Yes. It's ways and means, but we do need to get back into the community. This is not nothing new I'm tell- telling people, mm. you know. We just have to remember who we are sometimes, yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's so true, you know, and that's a very good example there because you can get great value in bulk and then split yeah. it out among people yeah. and look at the savings that you have there. And you're right, it just takes a little bit of thought, a little bit of time and work, but it will yield dividends in the end because look I don't have to remind you besides the shops your, our utility bills as well look at the way they've gone yes they are horrific mm. and I'm doing a bit of work I do DIY in my house and you know one of the things that I'm doing is I have wooden floors throughout and I only have one rug so I'm like the investment this summer is 
getting rugs because it could reduce the heat that's leaving your room and I'm on the ground floor mm. it could reduce the amount of heat by up to 30% 30-40% so I'm like that's a good investment because you have to come up with whatever it means you know getting your curtains lined now or looking at you know charity shops seeing what they have in there that can make this winter more bearable my hope is that people aren't on their knees this winter and are shocked as much as they were last winter and mm. um, that we're a little bit ahead of it and we have a little bit of lead w- leeway because it's a domino effect of everything, you know, and mm. even the cooking then, batch cooking, trying to cook it on one day, using a slow cooker where possible. Like, you know me, Jerry, I'm 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 one for the ham. <laughs> I couldn't believe people were still going into the shops and buying, you know, the slice, six slices of ham for four euro. I'm like, get the get the ham fillet, yes. put it in the slow cooker and slice it yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, and you're gonna get I, I nearly get enough for a month over what people are paying for one. And mm. it's not the I call it plastic ham. It's not the plastic ham, you know the little thin one that you're paying even yes. two euro and doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> get some decent food into you. You know, on a budget, yeah, you know. Yeah, you have it sussed. You are so right. There is such a difference. And look again, a simple tip. Get the full ham, cook it yourself, slice it and put it away and you'll have it. And it's a, it's a lovely tasting ham as well when you look after it yourself. Um, what about, you know, looking beyond this? The schools are only breaking up. Do you get onto that early or do you leave it till later? To no, look? you get onto it right now. <laughs> right. Okay. Right now, especially, we, okay, we know the primary schools, we have a leeway, but the biggest expense is secondary schools as well you know the books and the tablets and it all adds up and parents are really feeling it and if you can't get if you can't get outside of that my whole thing is approach the schools straight on I think it's the ones that have the balls to go up and say look you have a uniform swap here can we get back going here because you like where does the old uniforms go you know, yes, can we do a yes. swap? My school now does that with my kids and it saved me a four, hundreds and they're in senior senior and junior infants. That's just primary school. So what would that do for parents of older kids, you know? Mm. And they had so much uniforms there when I went in that day and there wasn't a lot of parents even utilising that. If your school doesn't do it, get them to do it. If they want to help, that's how they can be helping. You know, um, the likes of your saving funds for back to school, Start putting money away now. Set up a budget. What do you need for back to school in September? And try and save a little bit over the summer. Keep an eye out for the sales and bits and bobs that are going in, you know. Black shoes, keep an eye out. And another thing, be saying to your friends and say to other parents, the amount of information I get by just talking to parents at the schoolyard, just because they know I'm honest, you know. I'm like, here now, I need to get a bit of savings for this. Can you help me here? You know, and they're like, oh, okay, we actually know a swap shop. We know this thing here. If you go down to that charity shop, they can get you that. Don't be, there's no airs and graces. We're trying to get our kids through school. And we don't want to be distressed parents doing that in September. Start starting out now. Make your list of what you need. You have adverts. You have Facebook Marketplace. You'd be shocked at what you can get for nothing. And if you wash them and present them to the kids, they don't need to know anything. You know, yeah, it's new to them. That's all we need to worry about. That's the way it was yesteryear. We were all in the same boat and we had to get onward like this. And needs be, as you said, pride goes out the wind and all that type of stuff. It's practical. It's what you've got to do. Do you know something? You're just fantastic. You really are. I'd listen to you forever. But I want to remind them that you are coming to Kells this Sunday, 5 o'clock, Eureka College. You're going to talk about the book, the Money Mentor book, about yourself, everything else besides folks. you got to go there and meet this wonderful woman. She's coming out to meet you on Sunday. I'm coming down. I'm leaving <laughs> Dublin now. You've no excuse for nobody. No excuses. <laughs> listen, I'll let you go on your way. You're always fantastic to talk to. I admire you so much. And good luck. At the hinterland on Sunday. Well deserved. Thank you so much, Jerry. Always a pleasure talking to you. You too, Santis. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. -bye. The wonderful Santis O'Gara there. She's brilliant. Yesterday, the Irish legends at Sea Point, I mentioned at the start of the show today, was just a simply wonderful day. Liam Botham actually won the overall yesterday and. 
The winning team was himself, Teddy Sheringham, who we spoke to yesterday, Anthony Nash and DJ Locksmith. And in second place were Peter Baker, uh, the Michael Stiles and Chris Bargett. Uh, they were in uh, place there as well, as were Philip Price, James Nesbitt. <laughs> what a man that is. Uh, the actor James Nesbitt, Richard Harrop and Ian Lawler all picking up prizes yesterday at the Legends and Seapoint and the main tournament going on today tomorrow and Sunday do check it out and while we're on Legends we met many people there yesterday but decided to hold one of them over to today because you know him well and you love him in late lunch land look who or have a listen to who I bumped into delighted to bump into him at the Legends and he is a legend Daniel O'Donnell makes a change to meet you on a beautiful <laughs> Lynx course like this imagine a legend at golf <laughs> isn't that a joke <laughs> Not at all. Great to be here. It's a beautiful Ah. day and it's a beautiful course. We came here a few weeks ago just to see it and um, it's lovely and sure you couldn't ask for more. Did you play it when you were here? We did. Not very well. I'm sure they noticed all the the set potatoes, I think, after I was here. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. I don't believe that for one minute. But I heard you were here because there was a little flutter of uh, excitement round the club and the area. We all heard in town, Daniel O'Donnell's out practising. No, we enjoyed it. It We just wanted to see what it was like. But Mm. now, we might have been better not knowing. (laughs) Just we'll be better coming today with big expectations. When did you take up the game? Oh, God, I suppose I took it up the late 90s. Do you know how I took up golf? There was a, a, a family that came to see us all the time, and Joe, God rest him, died in 1996, and his wife asked me would I take his clubs. And I had the clubs, and I thought, God, I better honour Joe and start trying to play, because I was never any good at any kind of sport. And uh, I started playing, and I, I enjoy it. You know, I'm not, I never got good. But I'm good enough to enjoy it. Mm. You know, I'm never... I don't score great, but, you know, and I'll probably not score at all here, but <laughs> what odds? The game is for everybody, Daniel. Ah, that's, yeah, that's the, the thing. beauty of it, yeah. yeah. Now, this is a different level altogether because even the, the all the golfers that's playing are golfers. Do you know, even the, the, you know, the amateurs are all good golfers and the, most of the celebrities, I mean, a lot of them are sports people mm. and they're, I, I looked at their handicaps, they're all of single figures. I mean, I'm the only one with a whole bucket of shots, you know. <laughs> and I'm not, I attempt to out half the bucket to play the two, half of them off me. <laughs> but listen, that's where you are. That's the handicap you carry and you're entitled to those shots I know, as well. It's great to be yeah, here. Yeah, it is great to be here. And do you know the beauty of it is to play with I played in Russell Penna two years and to be playing with the different uh, professional golfers just the the way that they hit the ball is, yeah. is unbelievable yeah. you know and I suppose people that are not golfers I'll wonder what you're saying the way they hit the ball it's just a different yeah. you know game altogether to them and they've just such a gentle swing and yet the ball goes twice as far as any shot I would hit it must be a pleasure and an honour to be in that company out playing with them. Absolutely. I mean, I feel very privileged to be asked. Paul McGinley actually is the, the, the one responsible. He asked me would I come to Rossapena for the two years. And, I mean, yeah, again, Paul was liaised with me this year to see would I come here. And I suppose I come just to support it too. It's, it's, it's nice to have it in Ireland. Yes. You know, and like it benefits a club, albeit that Russell Penn, I suppose, didn't benefit as much because we were in COVID and just coming out of mm. COVID. But I'm sure this course here, it, 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 it highlights the course outside the area. And I think that's a great benefit to any course. It's priceless. It really mm. is. Anyway, what about the... The singing career. What, what's happening? Well, um, we're back now uh, over the summer. We're not. We're not in Drogheda, but I think next year we have a date in Drogheda at some point around uh, May or June time mm. next year. Mm. But we're we're doing a tour all around Ireland. We're in Belfast. I suppose Belfast is the closest to here. Um, it's not very far. Or Dublin. Yeah. We're in, in the Board Gosh yeah. and the waterfront in Belfast. Also in Cavan and and. Um, and Barry Connell. Yeah. But we're all round. We're whole this is the first tour since twenty nineteen. You word. know, so it's a long yeah, time. It so looking forward to it and uh, um, hopefully we'll 
we'll have a good time. Oh, you will. And what about internationally touring? Ah, yeah, we're touring. We yeah. were we were in England and in, in May in the UK. I shouldn't say England. We were in Scotland, Wales, and and the and England. And um, <clears throat> we then went on Gertrude Burns' cruise to Alaska, which was super. And in August, after August, then in September, we go to America, first of all, and the 20th, 24th September, up until about the 6th of October. Then we're in the UK again for a couple of weeks, and then back to Branson oh, in yes. November. And we're in America then up until the 16th of December. We do 13 shows in Branson, seven in a place called Shipshuana in Indiana, which is great to have the shows in one place. And then the rest are all... We're in Florida and, you know, Pennsylvania. Our hearts are bleeding yeah, for you as we Boston hear you name drop all those places. Do you bring your clubs with you? Oh, no, I never bring the clubs. So, so. <laughs> They're for Ireland only. I see, I see, I see. How's Magella? She's great. great. Very good. Tell her we said hello. I will surely to God, yes. It's great to meet you well, thank on this you, lovely Jerry, day. And hello to everybody that's listening and enjoying this beautiful weather today. And if you have any chance to go around the beads, start about one o'clock for me today. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, thank you so much. It's great Thanks, to see Jerry. you. Always God good bless to you. See you. Take care. Bye. Stand beside me. Stand beside me. For if I should lose you, I just couldn't get anywhere. Stand beside. One of the nicest you could ever meet. He made a beeline for me yesterday at the golf and said, well, well, what's the story? And he's so obliging to us here on LMFM's Late Lunch. Always has been. The wonderful Daniel O'Donnell there. And I heard and I actually saw it online. He was uh, in for the... uh, enjoyable part of the day after the golf yesterday even they had a barbecue and the place was just buzzing with celebrities and golfers and he brought the house down Mr Daniel O'Donnell he sang I don't know many numbers he did but he was just superb the true professional he really is and a great evening I believe was had there by all and we always thank him for his amenability to us every time we give him a shout or come into contact with him. And as he said there, he will be touring this neck of the woods, please God, next year. But he's delighted to be back on the road really, really soon and touring in Ireland, England and, of course, all over the world. Sad news, we talked about it on Late Lunch, about that little probe, little sub that went down to the Titanic. The Titanic wreck now becomes the grave for another five people as well isn't it shocking they think now that it actually you saw the news didn't you that it exploded on the way down because the US picked up a noise a vibration and they think it just imploded and that was the end of that for those five poor people we think of them and their families today but it's a shocking end to um, the lives of people who were going down to do something absolutely unique but uh, may they rest in peace and I hope from a tragedy comes learnings and lessons as well. Uh, hi, Jerry. With the greatest respect, with the greatest respect, now you know why I said, and I remember you saying it, Frank, on a number of occasions. Uh, the late, late show should be axed. The Irish taxpayers are being ripped off, says Frank. Yes, the story breaking yesterday about Ryan Tubbley's payments and. Uh, news just in the last while well, you've probably heard it at this stage the way new b- news breaks instantaneously uh, D Forbes the boss at RTE uh, was put on gardening leave from Wednesday so to speak by the board of RTE that has just emerged as well so this story is really uh, gaining momentum and legs and everything else besides there you go watch this space I'm in the wrong job <laughs> I love this job. I do. I really do. I really do. And love you too, all our late lunch listeners. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. You think the weather's hot here? Have a listen to Jim Gaffigan. It's nothing like the heat in the States. Lovely weather out there. I prefer the cold to hot. I do. I know that's surprising looking at me, given I, I look like a snowman. But I prefer the cold, you know? Last summer, I was in Las Vegas. It was 114 degrees. 
114 degrees. You can actually hear the sun at that point. It didn't feel safe. I was like, are we supposed to be here? 114. Like, you're never at a friend's house. You're like, warm in here. Yeah, yeah, I set the thermostat to 114. That's how I like it. I'm part lizard. Thermostats don't even go up that high. Meat thermometers do. I think God is just cooking people in Vegas. Oh, that one's smoking. I love smoked meat. It was 114 degrees, which was shocking, but not as shocking as how casually Las Vegas residents just went about their day in that heat. It was like, you're like, let's play Frisbee. Time to walk the dog. I was like, get inside. The earth is on fire. Get inside and beg for God's forgiveness. You've obviously angered him. That's why Vegas is called Sin City. It's the same temperature as hell. I have a friend from Vegas. I told him it was 114. He goes, that's nothing. I'm like, no, that's something. That's actually the temperature you boil water at. It's not that bad. Not if you're making ramen. That's our summer. That's not summer. Summer is when you barbecue on a grill, not the sidewalk. It's so weird to be places where summer is the enemy. I was like in the Southwest, they talk about summer like it's an ex-lover they never want to see again. We gotta get out of here before summer gets here. Last year, I couldn't leave my house when summer was here. You ever notice the further north you go, the more obsessed people are with summer? Like, in February, I was in Bangor, Maine, and everyone was talking about summer. Everyone I met, they're like, you gotta come back during summer, you gotta come back. (laughs) Which is a strange way to greet someone. Hi, how are you? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How are you? Come back later. Everyone, or you gotta come back during summer. You gotta, um, yeah, but I'm here now. Just make sure you come back. I, I didn't want to come the first time. But I love how northern cities sell summer. They're like summer here is unbelievable. It's perfect for one twelfth of the year. It's ideal. Otherwise, it's a tundra filled with alcoholism and depression. But for those thirteen odd days, it's worth it. I did nothing today. <laughs> Didn't feel any pressure to do anything. Some places you feel like a pressure to do something. Like, St. Louis, you gotta go see our arch. I don't want to. <laughs> go look at our arch. Why don't I just go to McDonald's and see two? <laughs> San Antonio, you gotta go to the Alamo. I was gonna nap. <laughs> you gotta stand outside in blistering heat and look at a building. <laughs> Can't I just say I forgot about the Alamo? <laughs> You know who didn't want to go to the Alamo? The people who died at the Alamo. I bet their last thought was, I wish I didn't go to the Alamo. I thought it was a rental car company. Can you 
imagine that level of bravery? 187 Texans fought 2,000 of Santa Ana's finest Mexican troops. And at one point, those 187 Texans just decided, we should just fight till we all die. <laughs> like, if I was there, I would have been like, excuse me, I love the idea of Texas too, but have you tried this Mexican food? <laughs> it is delicioso. <laughs> I propose we remember the guacamole. Of course, Vegas, the big assignment is to gamble. Nobody ever admits they gamble when they go to Las Vegas. You going to Vegas? You going to gamble? I'm going to see shows. <laughs> You're not going to gamble at all? Well, if I walk by a poker table, I might sit down and lose $10,000. <laughs> I'm mainly going for the shows. We don't like to admit we gamble. People never admit. They're like, I'm not gambling. I'm just pulling this lever. I like to pull levers. <laughs> good arm workout. I'm not gambling. I'm just watching these horses run and letting the winner determine if I keep my home. The wonderful Jim Gaffigan, mainly talking there about the hot weather and we don't know heat. When you hear temperatures like that, your comedy on Friday. Now, I do know that primary schools are breaking up today and the early days next week as children head off on their summer holidays. But for those in sixth class in primary school, it's a particularly poignant time because... They're at an end of an era in their lives. They went in as babies to the school and they've gone right through to sixth class now and now they leave to go their different ways. And they're not all going to the same secondary schools. And I know friendships are being fractured at this time. And it's tough. It really is tough on children in sixth class. And I want to say to them... It's the beginning of a a new era in your life. And that is life. Life is going to change like that right through life. Nothing lasts forever. You'll have great memories of the time you spent in primary school, but you'll make new ones and new friends in the future. And you'll never forget those you went to school with in your early years. I want to say in particular a big hello to those in Termin Fekin National School today. And I know they're all tuned in there listening to us for their graduation. This is their graduation from sixth class into first year and secondary school and I know they're feeling a range of emotions there and feel them and cry and laugh and do what you want to do because that's what it's all about. Enjoy this time, embrace it and then come the end of summer move on to a new era in your life and that's the way it is. That's the way it's laid before us. But look I think of you all today and wish you well especially in Chairman Fekin School today and I want to say also a big happy birthday to Ruby who's also celebrating her birthday along with graduating. Good luck to you all and for everybody moving on from 6th class to 2nd level school and especially those in Chairman Fekin, this song is for you. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life Green Day and Time of Your Life dedicated to all those graduating from 6th class primary onto 2nd level school today as the holidays begin and especially for all those in Termenfekin National School this afternoon. Late Lunch LMFM Radio up next. You know I'm uh, going out periodically to meet a wonderful lady, Rosie May, the insomniac gardener in her wonderful garden near Slane. Well, I've been there in the last couple of days, midsummer, and it's magical. It's coming up next on Late Lunch. It's midsummer and I'm back in heaven. Yes, where is heaven? It's Rosie May's wonderful gardens near the hill of Slane. And I've been here from the start of the year. And we stand here, both of us, and I am in awe of the roses, Rosie. The roses, Rosie. These are just some of the roses because here at the pond, because it's quite a distance from the house, I wanted something to stand out. So I decided I'd plant peach various shades of peach so you can see there's this one here is port sunlight this one is the generous gardener this one has a fabulous name called hot chocolate which i love (laughs) oh yes alexander over here and then this really unusual one do you see that one there it actually looks it almost looks like it's dead but it's not 
That's called Julia, and uh, Julia's rose, and it's kind of a coffee-coloured uh, rosebud, if that would be correct. And then, but this is my absolute favourite. So the name of this is tottering by gently which is what I feel I'll be doing after all this gardening isn't that fantastic it's beautiful and you know for listeners let me just take in the aromas of the roses they're absolutely beautiful let's smell the tottering isn't that lovely oh my god isn't it just beautiful it's gorgeous and it's a lovely rose because it's actually just got an open flower so the bees it's very accessible for the pollinators and the bees and all that but I just love that although there's clusters of little flowers even if you deadhead them new shoots start coming up do you see underneath there I see them there's like next week's flowers and that will literally bloom until the first frosts how important is it to deadhead them Oh, very, because you can see, do you see Julia's rose now? I was delighted they lasted until you got here today. But they're starting to get very blousy. And then we had a big downpour last night and the roses don't really like that. Personally, I was thrilled because the garden is so dry, Mm. which is wonderful. And it's fantastic to have the good weather. But as a gardener, you're going, oh, gosh. So I've joined in with all the farmers going, "Okay, I don't want too much rain, but I want a little bit of rain. (laughs) And then when you get the rain, you're going, oh, no, it flattened my cat mint. You know, so we're never happy. Never happy. But I want to do something before we move from the roses. I want to read from this lovely stone that's in the middle of the bed. And it says... To plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. And that's a quote from the wonderful, the late, great Audrey Hepburn. So it is. And in fact, that lovely stone, um, we have a joke because my husband um, gets plants for his birthdays and anniversaries and Christmas. He gets trees that he never knew he wanted. So he got me back. He got me a stone. (laughs) But at least he put a beautiful quote on it. He brought it off and uh, got that carved into it because it is true, isn't it? Because when you're out in all weathers and you're here in the autumn and you're throwing bulbs in the ground and you're going, what am I doing? You know, I should be inside, you know, with my feet up. But then... You know, you're believing that in the spring or and then obviously in the summer with roses, you're going to get this lovely colour. Now, we've come into the beautiful courtyard here where I've been before. Yes, you have. But uh, it looks a lot different, I think, in the summer. Now, I know tree ferns are not a Mediterranean plant, but because we're on a hill. And remember I said before about the westerly winds. Mm. This was really the only place that we could plant them, that they wouldn't get absolutely ripped by the winds. And I just think they look lovely against the stone. They're beautiful because I remember earlier on there was nothing emerging from those, just the mere signs of life. And look at them now in full display. They're lovely. They are. They're beautiful. Now, they like a lot of rain. We've also been watering every single day. Oh, look. Come here. Look at them. These are all aeoniums. Aren't they unusual? So unusual, I have to say. And all in pots here and looking really healthy. I saw them for the first time when I visited Cornwall. And obviously they have a much milder climate than we do. And they seem to have them outdoors and seem to have left them outdoors. But I keep them in pots and then they do have to be moved into the greenhouse, sadly. But I think I'm a little obsessed with them because um, actually my son was bringing them out and this huge one here, a piece fell off and he just went, and I said, it's okay, it's a cutting. (laughs) You know, because they take so easily from cuttings. I see lavender here and it's looking gorgeous. The bees love it, don't they? And each winter, I give mine a good old pruning. I do too. And in fact, I believe if you do cut them in the autumn, it's better than cutting them in the spring because then if they survive the cold weather and the frost, and really what they want is drainage. Now, I'm a firm believer in um, blues in in the garden. And obviously, like we live in Ireland, it's not the south of France. But treat yourself to a few lavenders Mm. because they're just gorgeous. I grow it in pots of really gritty compost. I just buy buy the horticultural grit. And, you know, then you just mix it with the compost and they seem to do very well. See, it's up on a a stone. Yes, yes. So they like good drainage. So we are up at the house here and this is where we normally begin our feature. And we're going to walk to the upper part of the gardens here that I am very familiar with. Our friends in the trees are still making plenty of noise. The year has advanced with them. I take it there's young crows now. Oh, loads of them. And it's just sometimes it's so sad because you see a little crow and it's fully developed. And looks like, you know, a huge, big, normal crow. But then you realise, oh, it's just, it's come out of the nest. It's not quite ready to fly. And it's kind of hopping along, looking at you. And then Mm. the parents go nuts up in the tree because they're feeding the crow on the ground. And if they can survive for a couple of days until they can get airborne, then... 
they'll they'll take off. Yeah. So we kind of try and facilitate that if we can, you know. So you're so good. You're yeah. so good. Look at this for a display of blue. Absolutely, and look at all the bees working away, picking up what they need. Yes. Now this is catmint. This is one of the larger ones. Remember, I was saying about the smaller one, which is nice for an edge. But because this goes out onto the driveway, it doesn't matter that it spreads a bit. And I just like it's very traditional colours. There's the lime green of Alchemy Mollus or Ladies Mantle, which some people hate because it seeds around. But I love it and I just deadhead it so that it doesn't seed too excessively. And then that's catmint and then the other beautiful blue is the best geranium in the world as far as I'm concerned. It's geranium roseanne. Everybody I'm sure knows it. Every gardener probably has it. That will bloom and bloom and bloom again until the first frost. And then the bed behind has more roses Literally, it's full of colour. Potpourri of colour. I love the yellow contrast to the blue uh, there as well. It works very well. We haven't talked about the white bed yet. Although it's white in spring, this really takes off during the summer. So we've got a lovely Astrantia here. and We've got a white Campanula. This is a lovely Lily. Uh, we have, see the, in the centre there, now that'll be, again, I'm, I'm pre-empting myself, that'll be beautiful in August. That's Hydrangea Annabelle. Mm. The white of the Silene um, has just gone over and then there's a white shrub right in the middle of it, which is almost blocked out. You can see that in the winter. That's Irene Patterson. And then that geranium with a touch of blue, but it Mm. is white and blue, that's got um, a fabulous name. It's called Splish Splash. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So this is a bed, folks, totally dedicated to white flowers and such a contrast to the blue just back that we've passed and there's um, a rose two-tone now that is actually surprising me because that is that rose is called winchester cathedral and it's pure white every year and look there's two buds with a little hint of pink it's where i sprayed it or something but i'll have to look that up you may have something unique here or started a new strain of rose or something (laughs) who knows (laughs) so um but the the white bed there's you know more roses and i'll have to get in now and cut that silene so that's going to be great fun now next week but anyway we'll worry about that next week and along the path here um this here that's a japanese anemone not quite out yet another yellow rose and there's lots of see there's roses and there's a few lilies there but you see the I was just going to say (laughs) I was waiting for you to give me the opportunity to say hold on a minute there's something after catching my attention high up there what is that beautiful pinky hued flower that's actually a clematis and is it yeah and it was one of those rescue jobs from the sad bench in the garden centres a couple of years ago and I had planted it there and it did nothing until I encouraged it to, to kind of crawl up mm. this shrub and now I mean it's, we, I put a post up actually on Facebook and many many people said to me that it's named Josephine so I'm delighted to have the name because it's it's beautiful. It's just such oh, a... Oh, it yeah. is just spectacular. It catches your eye. It certainly does. So it's uh, using a host shrub there to yes. uh, grow up and spread. Absolutely. Because um, I always tell people who visit the garden that this is my, um, my example of how not to garden. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think I've mentioned this before. You, you buy something and it says height and spread in 10 years. So I work it out and then plant it. But of course what do they do after 10 years they don't suddenly stop growing mm. so these are 20 years planted and in fact I grew that holly there on the left that humongous holly I grew that from a berry one Christmas I Fantastic. planted it but anyway so they're too close together so we let the crinodendron that host plant in the middle we let that grow but we've turned the two hollies on either side into kind of lollipops mm. just to try and give it, a yes. bit of, give it a bit of space it's very clever let's walk on up the hill um, do you see those? They, they're actually Amimagus aura. It's, it's like a posh cow parsley. And then that's Cosmos. Now, they're just annuals because the white bed really, um, it's very difficult to keep it white, mm. I find. So if you put in a few annuals um, when you need it during the summer, the Amimagus and then the Cosmos will, just once they start flowering, they'll flower for mm. just again until first frost, which I love. Tell me this. I'm getting a... A really beautiful scent further up the hill. Is it coming from this yeah. rose up? Is that a climbing rose? It's actually a rambler. A it's, rambler? Yeah, rambler. And it was, uh, I believe, bred up in the n- Northern Ireland in Daisy Hill. Uh, it's called Rambling Rector. And it is a one-hit wonder. So although I love plants that kind of have two seasons or something that repeat flowers, sometimes you have to make an exception and this is one. But oh my goodness, when I go to prune that in the autumn... 
see that? It literally, I, I, it's like I'm going to battle. I, I, I've to put on a, you know, kind of a heavy coat and mm. wellies and good gloves. And no matter what I do, then it, the top bit catches in your hair and then you're like, so the air turns a little blue here in November, <laughs> shall we say. <laughs> but isn't it worth it? It's beautiful. What do you mean it's a one hit? So um, a lot of climbing roses are repeat flowering, mm. you know, roses. And especially if you tie them in correctly, instead of letting them, you know, ramble and go straight off up the tree or up the pole or whatever you have. If you bend the side branches uh, kind of when they're flexible in spring and tie them in, then that will put up side shoots and then the side shoots will bear lots of flowers and they'll keep flowering once you deadhead them. Remember back to deadheading. But the, a lot of the ramblers, now there are one or two that do repeat flower, but most ramblers just flower once. So they're, they're glorious for six weeks. And that's it? And that's Until it. next year? Until next I year. I see, I see. Yeah. Well, I understand what you yeah. mean now. But with the scent. Oh my, oh my. Yeah. We're walking by. Look at the foxgloves again <laughs> here. And the bees are ballistic in and out of yeah. them at the minute. Look at them. Yeah. Now, as we climb up here, I have to say, with the shade of the trees, now yeah. the full leaf covers on them, they're at their peak midsummer. Yeah. You can feel the coolness, can't you? Oh, absolutely. Like, um, it's funny, it's, it's amusing. When you go into the courtyard, I think the temperature rises by about three or four mm. degrees. And equally up here, it actually lowers by a couple of degrees as well. So, um, But it's all of the trees. I mean, they're just old ash and sycamore, yeah. which I believe we're going to have to learn to love. So this is very much a spring garden. And I think you remember when we were here and we had the snowdrops and the hellebores. But also in late summer, to see this semicircle here, they're all hydrangea limelights. So hopefully in August, this will be just a mass of kind of a white flower. Yeah. Because for listeners to describe, when I look at it, as Rosie May is saying there, and I remember it in the spring, and yeah. you did a lot of work here by pulling yeah, out stuff sure on that did. one of the times Celandine. I was here. Celandine. <laughs> but it's basically green. all green. It is. But green is a colour too. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's funny because uh, I often you know, kind of hear people bemoaning that, oh, you know, when is the best time for colour? I mean, green is a colour. And see all the different shades of green. Mm. Um, and those lovely plants there, um, they've got, uh, that's a Brunnera. And there's uh, different varieties of Brunnera. One is Looking Glass, one is Jack Frost. They've all different shapes of leaves. And so although they're green, they're various shades and they're kind of variegated. Some of them have edges uh, of white. And then there are lots of ferns. And again, the fern, now you're talking, when you're looking at something green, you have to start looking at shapes mm. because it's the shape of the leaf and how interesting they are. And you see the ferns there at the front? Mm. They're actually, they've got a tinge of red. Yeah, see that. So the new growth is red. So it's all, but this again will, will change colour in August. Yeah. So it's beautiful. I have to say, it's beautiful. It's cool. It's shaded. Love the weather we've been having since uh, mid-May for sure, as we were talking about earlier. But this just brings a total new aspect. And you're right, the different shapes and shades really, really make it. Yeah, and just here now, I remember I mentioned the ferns. And so ferns and hostas, I think, just are fantastic for a woodland garden. It's beautiful. Listen, it's been fabulous. Thank you so much for inviting me again. Rosie made the insomniac gardener. Check her out. We're finishing off our little trip around the garden now. And I hope you enjoyed our latest visit on Midsummer's Day. God bless the work. Thank you very much. The Furby's back. Did you hear the news? The Furby. Did you ever have a Furby? Do you know what I'm talking about? It was launched in 1998, 25 years ago. Big, big bulbous eyes, a yellow big, colourful fur. It spoke gibberish and responded to hugs, pats and tickles. I'm a bit like that myself. A Furby, a Furby. Did you ever have a Furby? Well, the news is they're back. They're being relaunched. And listen, this was a big, big thing. In the first three years after it was launched, do you know how many were sold? 40 million Furbies. There must be some out there still. Do you have a Furby? Could listen to you. Do you know that? They could listen to conversations and with a pat on the head, they could be taught to say a selection of words and they think AI is advanced today and the Furby could do all that. There you go. It's on the way back, being relaunched by US toy joint Hasbro. And uh, it's coming your way soon. I'm sure it'll take off again. It was actually retired quite recently in 2016. 
But 1998, when it came on the market first, it was different. It was unique. Everybody wanted to have it. I think one of those Christmases, you know, the toys that are sold out. Oh, you can't get them anymore. They're gone. No use even looking for them. I think the Furby was one of those. But there you go. They're on the way back to us and all that they entail. Good luck to them uh, with that one there. News just emerging today. It's menacing music, isn't it? It's the theme from Breaking Bad and our gift today goes to Richard Feehan. Thank you very much, Richard, and everybody who was in touch with us on that one there. Now, let's do this on late. Now, it's actually our top five countdown we're finishing today with our number one in the top five, which is from this week in 1994. And when I tell you that this song is uh, one of three, what do I mean? It's one of three songs who've spent the most time at number one in the UK charts. So uh, it came in actually at number three. It was originally recorded and released by the Trogs in October 1960. And it was a top 10 hit in the UK and US back then. It was covered by several artists, but it was in May of 94 when Wet 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 covered it and in it went to the UK charts. Uh, It went in at number four and climbed to number two the following week and it reached number one on the 29th of May 94. And it stayed there, listen to this, for 15 consecutive weeks weeks it did indeed uh, only beaten there's two others I said it's one of three by Brian Adams everything I do and you have to go way back for the song that spent most time top of the UK charts it was Frankie Lane's I believe in the 50s who was there for 18 weeks but today our number one in our top five countdown from this week in 1994 yes it's wet 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 and love is all around on your late lunch this afternoon and I hope it's not too wet, wet, wet we are listening to us today. I feel it in my fingers I feel it in my toe Love is all around Wet, wet, wet Love is all around. 15 weeks at number one back in 1994 and our number one in our top five countdown this week. And Eddie Caffrey just mentioned to me there that made more money for the drugs than they ever did when the original was released. And that's very true. And of course, was the uh, song from Four Weddings and a Funeral, the movie too. Now, just to remind you that the Holyrood Hotel in Bundoran in County Donegal have recently opened up a new orchid spa. It's fabulous. It's one of the biggest in Europe. And to celebrate, they've given us a fabulous two-night break for two people, including accommodation, breakfast each morning, a sumptuous four-course dinner, a spa treatment, champagne and chocolates on arrival and full use of their superb leisure facilities. So if you want to win that wonderful prize, simply go over to LMFM's Facebook page now or the LMFM website and stick your entry in. God, that'd be a fabulous prize to win. I hear that place is absolutely spectacular. So LMFM Facebook to win that wonderful prize. Check it out today or over the weekend and get your entry in because if you're not in, you cannot win. Well, who's going to win the Loud Derby tonight? Yes, Drogheda United faced Dundalk. Third meeting of the year in the league and we're talking about it next with the man who'll be there bringing us the commentary live tonight, Adrian Tam. Peter Whelan remembers well our number one in the top five countdown this week, Wet, Wet, Wet and Love Is All Around because that was the song that himself and his lovely wife danced to, their first dance after they were married in 1994. Lovely memories, Peter. Nice to hear from you. Hope you're keeping well. Now, Adrian Taft, stand by. He's standing by the Loud Derby tonight. Drogheda United at home to Dundalk. Dundalk have won the first two narrowly. Adrian, how do you see this this evening? Who's your money on? Oh, that's a good question. Jerry, you know I don't make predictions. I'm not <laughs> going to change that now. But um, I'll tell you, this is a hard game, a very hard game to call, I think. And I think that's indicated by the bookies. Uh, like I, I was looking at one of the bookmakers earlier on and both sides were 13 to 8 um, in terms of the price there. And some of them even fancy draw it in this one, despite mm. the 
fact that Drogheda are, are second from, no, not second from bottom, sorry, are just two points off second from bottom in the League of Ireland Premier Division table at the moment. They're on 23 points. Cork City are two points below them in second bottom. Dundalk are in fifth position. They're, what, nine points ahead of Drogheda United? So you'd imagine that everybody would be fancying Dundalk and they've beaten Drogheda United twice this season already. You'd imagine all the money would be going on Dundalk to win this game. But um, that's not how people are seeing it. And I think a big part of that is that Dundalk at the moment, they're still a team that's very hard to trust, I think. Um, they're maybe not quite a fully cohesive unit. There are a lot of players still finding their way in the league. I think there were, there were signs, though, particularly in the second half in the last match against Cork City, that they are starting to find their way now and they're starting to gel some of those teams. But just at the, at the moment... There haven't been a succession of performances, I don't think, from Nundalk that would convince you. And um, the, although they've won their last two, they were against the teams at the lower end of the table, against UCD and Cork City. Um, of their nine wins so far this season, only two of them have been against teams above the bottom four of Drogheda, Sligo, Cork City and UCD. So that gives you an indication of you know just how uncertain... I think I think you should be uncertain around this Dundalk team. Even if they have beaten Drogheda twice this season, I don't think you'd call them cast eye uncertainties going into this game uh, by any means. And certainly the sort of team that Drogheda are, they are a team you can trust, I think. Uh, although they have been on a bad run themselves, they seem to have come out of that. But they're full of players that you can trust, I think. You know, the likes of Conor Keeley, the likes of Gary Deegan, the likes of Ryan Brennan, you know, um, Dara Markey, Dale Rooney's been such an outstanding player this season as well. Um, like I really like this Strahd United team and uh, so many of them come of course from the League of Ireland you know apart from the likes of Alicia Owe at right back and Freddie Draper up front um, they know the league well that's probably not the case with a few more of Dundalk's players and I think that's the reason that uh, people are giving them a real chance this evening Draw, I'll say it for you. That's what you're you're hedging yeah. your bets with, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, well, in fairness, the last two matches could easily have been draws yes. as well. Yes. In actual fact, yeah. Rod would probably feel they should have won the first one, mm. and then the second one they came back with ten men and they were two 0 down and got it back to two all. But John Martin with a winning goal in injury time and um, proved the difference. Those games, to all intents and purposes, were draws in everything but name and on the score sheet. But that's where it matters at the end of the day, mm. and the duck managed to get it done. Yeah, you mentioned Drogheda and I've been going up as uh, an interested spectator with my granddaughter Ava to games and we're enjoying it and, and it's very true what you said I've never watched a more honest Drogheda team they give it absolutely everything no matter what happens to them they keep at it and people love that I think about them Adrian uh, They do and they have um, like that honesty that you talk about the likes of Brian Brennan who's very definitely playing for the shirt you know he's um, you know a Drogheda lad Gary Deegan, you know, he's hewn from stone and rock, as we know, you know, but he gives you absolutely everything. And, and then the, the more creative players, the likes of uh, Dara Markey and Dylan Grimes, who has improved so much this season. You know, I always thought Dylan was a very, um, a very talented player. I saw him play very well for Longford against uh, Dundalk, but he was so inconsistent. But this season he has... Um, He's jumped on in leaps and bounds, I think, you know. Um, so many of the players um, are wholehearted and honest. And then you have the two centre-backs, um, Manny Adegbega, who was a Dundalk player uh, last season, um, and Conor Keeley, who's come in from Ballymena in Northern Ireland. Again, as honest as the day is long. And they have talent as well. Alicia Wee is a wholehearted full-back as well. Again, with talent on loan from Lincoln City. And then what's really going to be interesting tonight as well, I think, and w- might well de- you know, decide this game, uh, especially when you consider that we're saying that it's going to be a tight one and could well be a draw. You look at opposite, opposite ends of the pitch and you have two strikers who are coming into this in some sort of form. You have Freddie Draper for Drogheda United, now on eight goals, winner of the Player of the Month in the entire division mm. uh, for May. He's just been announced that yesterday. You have Pat Huben coming into the match on 142 goals, level with the great Joey Donnelly. Pat, if he gets a 140 third goal for Dundalk tonight he becomes the outright greatest goal scorer in the club's history so he has plenty to play for this evening I'm sure he'd love to do it against the old rivals uh, on the Boyne and um, yeah it's going to be really interesting to watch those two and in some ways I don't know what you think of them but Freddie Draper reminds me of Pat Hooven a little bit you know with that yeah. sort of physical way of playing and uh, I really enjoy watching Freddie Draper that's going to be really interesting to watch as well mm. over the next week 
to see if Drogheda can hold on to him and Alicia Wee yes. from Lincoln City for the remainder of the season. And you know, you know, if if Drogheda have to replace those two in the next few weeks, they really hit upon gold with both of them, and that's very hard to do, isn't it? It is. Anyway, this evening you're on uh, the job, David Sheenaway and Hollies. Who have you somebody with you tonight? Paul Crowley will be with me. Oh, very just good. before uh, just before you leave me, I don't know if you're planning on leaving me, but I don't I know am. if you've seen, but uh, news has just broken on the Irish Times website. Gavin Comiskey has a story that Drogheda United are set to receive significant investment from a US group, Travella Group LLC, the Alabama-based sports investment firm that took over the fourth-tier English club Walsall in January 22 are close to finalising an offer to buy into Drogheda United. There you go. So there's more there to be read on the irishtimes.com. So that's a bit of positivity for Drogheda fans as they close the game tonight. Great stuff, Adrian. Thank you indeed for joining me on the show. No problem. Take care. That's Adrian Taft there. Big thanks to Fiona O'Brien and Brian Farley who looked after me today, to my producer Louise Walsh, our guests during the week. You are listeners. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. We'll see you on Monday for late lunch at 1.30. Have a lovely weekend. We were good. We were cold. Kind of dream that can't be so. We were right till we weren't. Built a home and watched it burn. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.